Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. This is brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. Hashtag do you believe. I am your host, Maximus, along with Shreyas. And let's talk about sports. Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 92, 92 of Amateur Hour. We've got some good takes, we've got some bad takes, and we've got a lot of sports content to be talking about with everybody this week. But first and foremost, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Shrey uh, for showing up and being here today. It is a lovely Tuesday upon which we are recording this. Um, I think it might be colder here in Phoenix than it is in the Northeast because it is cold uh... today. 42. It is chill. Oh, it, it, it snowed here. <laughs> <laughs> so we win again. Okay. All right. Close. Um, but yes, happy to be here. Excited. Uh, and let's just jump right in. Let's get the good vibes rolling, people, with our recurring segment, The Weekly Highs. The Weekly Highs. So, Max, I'm actually going to start off with my sports high this week and this is something i'm very excited to finally say as a new england fan as a patriots fan and that is the new england patriots finally have an offensive coordinator yeah buddy as of this morning bill o'brien the the previous alabama offensive coordinator Oh, is now the offensive coordinator for the new england patriots he just signed uh a couple hours before we're recording this podcast. So I'm happy to announce that. And it's just the start of a, a new way of doing things for the Patriots, something that felt complacent for the past couple years, right? We saw the end of the, the Brady era and then complacency into the quarterbacks that they were chosen, right? You pick Cam Newton late into the off season. Ooh, then bad. you pick Mac Jones as the fifth quarterback of the five that were considered first round quarterbacks in his draft. So it felt like there was a lot of complacency with how they dealt with the offense, especially. And then once Josh McDaniel left to the, to the Raiders, you decided that you were going to be uh, the, when I say you, I mean, Bill Belichick. I do not mean anyone else, <laughs> but Bill Belichick. I meant Bill Belichick only. The Bill blame Belichick, falls on you and you he, alone, Billy Bill. He better, he better fall on that sword because he decided to then go oh i see matt patricia and i see joe judge and other people are paying their salaries they're my friends let's go and bring them in here and give them positions that they don't really have any clue what they're doing right and you saw exactly what that what we knew was going to happen in the off season what we thought what we talked about in august of last year exactly happened throughout this year they're a mediocre team franchise really over the past couple years this is the sign that Bill O'Brien is going to be here. He's a former head coach. He he left Alabama, the be, one of the best football programs in all college football for this. He's not here to be uh, the sidekick. He's here to take control and, and run an offense and not have Matt Patricia in his ear, not have Bill Belichick all over him, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't look good on him for his next opportunity in the NFL. So I'm really excited for Bill O'Brien to be here. This is 
a show of Robert Kraft putting his foot down and saying, no, 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 Bill, this is exactly how we're going to do things from now on. I am not handling another under 500 season. Yeah, thank God, because Matt Patricia stunk, and that is the best news that I've heard all week. Uh, this is great. Finally, things are looking up, because, you know, we had the past two off seasons where we just, we've said on this pod time and time again, we're like, what are the Patriots doing? And now we know they're moving in the right direction. That's great. I heard rumors that we might get uh, the other Billy Bill from Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. and that is stupendous. So that's yeah. great. What about you, though? Are you doing good? I'm doing all right, Max. I don't know if I can really complain about much. Um, well, you have I the highs, am... so I hope you wouldn't. Yeah, so you know, my personal <laughs> high uh, would probably be that I don't really have anything to complain about this week, which is really nice. Uh, I would say, I would say the weather has been i mean the snow you know how i feel about snow max and i think i felt like i've right. talked about not it. as bad as sleet but it's not, not as bad as sleet not as bad as sleet but um but you still can't really go and do things outside it, it restricts me from really wanting to go out and get exercise when there's snow on the ground but i will say other than that i'm feeling pretty i'm feeling pretty uh joyful pretty exuberant oh. and feeling i would say little, i would say a little shysty is it good shysty? Yes, good shysty. as opposed to poo shysty. But yeah, you know. yeah, for sure. You're feeling all, you're feeling old Joe shysty. I feel old Joe's definitely Joe shysty today. Yeah, and I don't know. He's feeling he's cloud nine this week. You saw his comments after that Bills win. Uh, he's definitely a little higher than maybe I am at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, and we're gonna talk about the Bills um, in a stupendously bad take surrounding them in just a little bit. But before we do that, I gotta bring things down. I gotta humble us. And bring it to the lows. <laughs> the lows. My sports low for this week is that the Boston Celtics, a team that is on a roll, really solid season, they're doing great, uh, simply cannot get over this one hill. And this hill <laughs> is in the form of a green dragon. That green dragon <laughs> being the Orlando Magic. Dude, we cannot beat them. It's the funniest, like, uh, mini lore in the NBA season that I've ever seen. It's so funny. The Green Dragon has a curse on us. What's his name? Puff? Is it Puff? I think it's Puff. Puff or... Yeah, Puff. I think it's Puff. I think it's Puff. Puff Puff's got us in his clutches, man. The or, Orlando or, Magic- or Stuff. No, it's Stuff. It's Stuff the Magic Dragon. Stuff the Magic Dragon. Okay. Yeah, yeah Stuff's got his, us in his clutch. And uh, it does not feel good. No matter what the Celtics do, we just play like doo-doo Garbo, and we can't beat the Orlando Magic. This is the third time we've played them, and the third time we've lost. Paolo Bancaro, Jonathan Isaac came back, so that's a high. After missing two NBA seasons, he's back. But, man, Celtics could not get it. So that's my low, because that was just upsetting to watch. So funny. God, it's a meme at this point. Because I said before the game, I was like, are we seriously going to lose to the Magic again? I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to lose. And then we lost. Anyway, you know, they have our number. It's amazing. They have our number. My personal low, um, aside from, you know, working the late shift and not getting a ton of sleep, which, you know, starts to drag on you after a little bit. You start to get a little cranky. Um, <laughs> my dad and brother are coming to town, which is not the low. The low is that I don't have a bed for them. I have one blow-up air mattress and a couch, but mm. I'm not going to make them stay on the couch for five days. So I got to go out and get another air mattress, yeah. figure out this sleeping situation, because uh, that's going to be really unfortunate. Because I thought originally they were going to stay in a hotel. 
But then I called them up yesterday and they're like, no, we're staying with you. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is a good time to invest in a waterbed, Max. It's time. I think I'm going to <laughs> full 70s. Full 70s waterbed. You have goldfish swimming in it and like full and like small plants and stuff. <laughs> Groovy, baby. <laughs> now, I'm actually going to gut the floor and just get like an in-ground waterbed. Yeah. <laughs> in a house that I'm renting. I'm sure my landlord will be okay with that. Anyway. So that's quite the predicament pickle I've got to figure myself out with. But let's dive in to the meat and the potatoes. The first thing we want to talk about, or I want to talk about, is a take that has been going around. Nobody in particular, but it's a sentiment, I guess, uh, that the bills are done. In particular, Josh Allen is now washed, or he's going to be washed in two to three years, or this is the beginning of the end for Josh Allen. Um Let's just, I just, just want to leave you guys with that. That basically the take was like, yeah, he's done two to three years. He's starting to decline. Josh Allen's, it's over. Um, I strongly disagree with that. Strongly. Yeah, I'm not a Bills fan by any means. I like them. Um, but objectively, looking at this situation and looking at this take, I think that's highly inaccurate. Josh Allen is not done. He's still a young guy, and he's literally gotten better every single year. The Bills had some struggles. They missed. Some, they lost some key players. Most importantly, Von Miller um, this season to injuries. They lost a couple other guys. I, you know, you look at what happened this past Sunday against the Bengals. It literally it happens. They were also playing in 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 a in a blizzard, so that also doesn't help. It's a single game elimination, and to say after the pretty solid season that they had, especially with those uh, you know little bits of adversity, to say that the Bills and Josh Allen in particular are just done seems amateur, to be frank. Perfect for this podcast. Perfect for this podcast. <laughs> like I said, Josh Allen has only improved every single year in a lot of different stat categories. His arm is still there. His legs are still there. He's got his health. So to be like, oh, yeah, this young talent, is uh, he's, he's going to decline. He can't do it. Dude, come on. Trey, do you he's have any thoughts on that? Yeah, he's only, what, 26, 27, right? If that. He's, uh, he's, he's, so he's 26 right now. 26. He, he'll, he'll be 27 20, next year? Yep, he'll be 27 uh, and, some, and some change in months next year. I don't see I don't see how anyone can really think that I feel like that is a a, a recency bias take. It's, it's an overreaction. It's an to overreaction. The Bills. It's gotta be from Bills fans being like, Duh, we're done. Right. And I think <laughs> I think that the take is more about how people have felt about the Stefan Diggs reaction on the sidelines and in the locker room. Um about him, you know, you saw the video of him on the sidelines yelling at Josh Allen. Uh, about something probably about you know he was open on that touchdown uh on the red zone play where he threw to Gabe Davis and and Eli Apple hit it out and so he was probably yelling at him about that and then he got angry at the end of the game and you know left the locker room before anyone else could get in and he had to be brought back in and then he left again and now there's that whole ongoing thing online about you know Stefan Diggs really in it and like he should he's not okay with this losing and we're not so I feel like that reaction is more about Stefan Diggs than it really is about Josh Allen. I will say this, Max, that was a terrible game by the Bills. You should not it be was. losing at you should not be losing at home. You should not be losing in it, like it was not even a blizzard, Max. It was like a light dusting, really. You're and, right. And it so, looked it looked yeah. So I I loved 
you live in Buffalo. How are you not okay to play in the snow? How do you not understand how to play in weather games? Apparently, they don't practice in weather for weather. They just kind of practice <laughs> indoors. They like like what's the point in living in Buffalo and playing outside in Buffalo? Play well in Buffalo. That's all I could say. Like I don't mean ten yeah. points is not good for that team. Ten points. I don't care if you're playing the freaking 2007 Patriots in a regular season <laughs> game. In a regular season game, I don't care. You better you better score more than ten points, right? And that that part that part aside, the whole narrative of Josh Allen is now washed after this one loss is. It it doesn't make it's, any sense. It's it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It, there isn't no there is no big injury to the offense. There's no there's no big injury to him. There's right? no reason. Well, yeah, and and let's obviously let's let's take into account. Sure. Let's say they maybe lose a key piece or two in the off season. Right. They're not. It's not like they're already in the verge of mediocrity. Like they had a good season. And I just want to read off some stats. So. I, I guess I, I guess my original statement was technically incorrect. He hasn't um, like beat any of his like personal records. Twenty twenty, w- we could argue was you know one of his best years. Twenty twenty one was also very good. But this right. year, there was no major decline. He had three hundred fifty nine completions for four thousand two hundred eighty three yards, thirty five pass touchdowns, and seven rushing touchdowns. How many interceptions? Uh, how many interceptions? Fourteen interceptions, and he okay, did have so thirteen fumbles. So, okay, so the yeah, turnovers but, were an issue. No, no, no. Yeah, but if we if we go back, right, he was running a little bit more uh, compared to twenty twenty, right? So that's and a, we, that's the thing. Where, where is their run game outside of Josh Allen currently? If they uh-huh. can, if they can shore that up, right? Like I understand Devin Singletary is good. One hundred twenty four rushing attempts. That's a lot for a quarterback. That's a ton. For QB, that's a for lot. QB. Yeah, for and for him, it's a little bit on the it's a little bit on the higher side, I would say, but it's not like too much because he is a running quarterback. He is mobile. I will say that's a lot of times to have your quarterback in a lot, like you know what I mean, in the first line of defense, trying to <laughs> trying to trying to not get his head smashed. I I would suggest that for people thinking that Josh Allen is you know waning because of say you know he didn't have as great of a year. How much was put on him this year? If they were to shore up that offense, right? If they were to shore up the offensive line, and if they were to shore up the running back position, I think David Singletary isn't a future for that team. No, if they, if, he's not. He's literally he's like a, he's like a, an occasional inconsistent role player. Yeah, yeah. So if James Cook Sorry. can take that, if James Cook can take that role, or if they can bring in somebody that that is a stronger, gets more. Uh, yards per rush and is more consistent than Devin Singletary how much of a load would that take off of um of Josh Allen it would take a ton off of him right and they just didn't like other than Stefan Diggs I would say that Gabe Davis had a very very lackluster season I think that he in terms of what Gabe Davis we know what he can do he's more of like a Marquez Valdez Scantling where he's <laughs> he's there for yeah. he's there for your deep plays and he can really run past people at his size. But as a possession receiver, he does not have like amazing hands or anything. And he's not really great at keeping like his feet out of inbounds. And he's just, I don't know. I feel like Josh Allen had to do a lot. And to say automatically that he's washed in two years when it's- they can still make changes to the offense, right? Offensive coordinator or yep. play calling. They could do so much. Personnel changes. There's so much. He's been in the league for five years. Yeah, just not Simmer enough time down. to make that. 
to make that his comment. past three have been phenomenal. He's he's putting up great numbers. Yeah. I'm sorry, 4,000 yards, 35 pass touchdowns is a great year for a quarterback. And the t- and, and the team is winning, too, so I don't understand. <laughs> they had a winning season. They had a winning season. So it's like, do they – I understand they were super – I had them in the Super Bowl. It's yes. a bad look. It's a bad look on people like me who had them in the Super Bowl. So people that are angry about it want to now say that the Bills are washed because uh, – you know what I mean? Because inside, yeah, they're thinking, oh, dude, I, I crashed my parlay, so bills uh, <laughs> are freaking washed, dude. They just cost me two Gs. I had them all the way in. No, seriously, that's what it feels like. To, 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 to say that and not objectively look at the team, come on. <laughs> you know, it's I'm true. Sorry. It's true. It's it's true. true. <laughs> no, it's literally true. So it's if true. you're thinking that, stop thinking that. Put it's your money that- on the bills next year. I, yeah, and and if they I mean? see, so you got to give them a grace. If you got to give them a grace, if they're still playing well and they're still at the top of the division, you can't really hate on it. If they start to decline and say the Dolphins take the division next year or something like that, that's when you start to look at it a little differently. Yeah, but as long fine. as they, as oh, long as they that, that it's within my two to three year timeline. <laughs> yeah, I mean next year. No, and also too, hey, like we said at the beginning of the podcast. It's it's two words, one name. Joe Shiesty. Everybody is sleeping on the Bengals. They slept on them last year. They're sleeping on them again. They're going to go home, and they're going to sweep the crap out of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes' knee, and they're going to go back to the freaking Super Bowl. I'm telling you what. They, are, they, they played the same game, the same exact plot for their story two years in a row now. They start off, eh, not very good. Everybody's like, the Bungles. Then they start picking up steam. Then their offense starts clicking. Then Joe Shisey gets comfortable. Then they're ready to go, and they plow through the playoffs. So I want to give them a little bit of credit, too. Yes, yeah. Buffalo did not play well at all, but the Bengals played a great game, man. Bengals were really good. I feel like Joe Burrow in the it. pocket was awesome. Yeah, that offensive line, for as much uh, as people what came into that game thinking, ooh, they don't have three of their offensive linemen going into that game, starting offensive linemen going into that game. How they held up against a, a pretty good Buffalo pass rush, right? That's one thing is like they didn't play well in the back end. They played a lot of zone. And so there were holes all over the place like Swiss cheese for Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon to run right through to the second level and get touchdowns and do whatever they want. But they have a decent pass rush still, right? They have Ed Oliver. They have Matt Milano. They have some good pieces, even without Juan Miller. They held up really well. And Joe Joe uh, Joe Burrow really had a an easy time trying to get uh, passes off. And I don't know. If they can play that way against the Chiefs, like, I think they're putting up 24 easy. W. W. Easy. And uh, also, before we move on, rip to the Cowboys. America's <laughs> team, baby. <laughs> How about them boys? How about the boys? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, speaking of teams and teams that a lot of people don't like or do like, um, my question to you, Shrey, and I have some mm. historical data that I will share. Uh, my question mm. to you is what we were thinking about the entire NBA. And I want to I want to dabble a little bit in basketball. We haven't talked a lot about it outside of our fantasy segment. But mm-hmm. what teams or team do you yeah. think this year currently is or are the most hated in the NBA right now. Okay. So I have done no, not no research on this. So you, you'll be able to, this, to I want your me. gut feeling. Yeah. So my gut feeling is for someone to be hated, 
they also have to be the most well known. So I'm yes. gonna go. So you know what I mean? Like you can't really hate a team that you don't you really can't hate care the about. Charlotte Hornets. You can't yeah, like, like you know what oh. I mean? Like they stink. But like I guess only people in Charlotte would hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go with the Lakers. Like as much as people like them, I think they're like you know what I mean? Like the 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 more celebrity you have around that team, the more you know hollywood your team is and that's what i feel like people either love hollywood or they hate Beast it Jam so, too. Beast so, Jam too. <laughs> exactly so i'm 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 gonna start with the lakers and then i don't know if we're if we're looking at the past couple years i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the sixers as well i think the sixers just have a lot of pieces uh, that people hate uh and it could be valid it could be not it could just be because you know you know the people hate James Harden people don't really like how Joel Embiid acts a lot of times um i mean they have players that that are kind of you know hate- hateable i guess and it's for <laughs> it could be it could be valid it could be not so i'm going to i'm going to stick with those two teams okay okay so shrey i think you, first off off the bat your number 1 pick the lakers is correct mm that let's so go, let's go. Histor- historical data has shown that the Lakers over the past I have I'm going back four years here are on average the most hated team across the most states in the United uh in, in the country. And so is this the Lakers, based on like online reaction to them? This is based on so this is based off of mainly primarily Twitter data. So yeah. you yeah. know, take that with a grain of salt, but I think yeah. that's a pretty good, you know, yeah, estimate of how people are feeling. If you're mad enough to tweet about it. We can assume that people in your circle are kind of feeling the same way, you know? Right. Um, so it's pretty much like how much keywords came up in combination. So the Lakers uh, are the most hated team. And I can understand that. You know, you have the bubble championship. You have LeBron teaming up with AD. LeBron, obviously, when you're the best, you're going to get hate. All press is good press. But, you know, again, Space Jam 2, Anthony Davis getting hurt, Russell Westbrook. There's a lot of things that people just see this team. And since they're so... Like you said, popular people are like, oh, I hate the Lakers. Or yeah. if you're like the Celtics, you got beef with them for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if you're the Clippers in LA, you hate the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the, the five Warriors, the five or so fans that come for a Clippers game. <laughs> God, we hate those guys in the purple and gold. <laughs> oh man. But no, the Lakers across, and I mean, this is across Texas. This is in Idaho, Montana, Washington, Oregon. <laughs> Montana, someone's in Montana going, man, I don't, I don't have a team, but I hate those damn Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to share, um, in through 2020, 2021, the second, and actually, they actually technically took the cake that year, the Brooklyn Nets, when it was the James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a, that was a we're, pretty. We're neck and neck with the Lakers for like most hated. We have all yeah. of New England hating the Nets. We have the Southeast Coast hating the Nets, California, Nevada hating the Nets, and then for some reason the Midwest. I'm talking Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Mississippi, those flatlands, uh, man. They Missouri. Just... They just they're they're Nebraska's hating on the Nets. I don't know what's going on there? But they're like, God, I hate Kevin Durant. The Celtics have remained consistently the most hated team in the state of Pennsylvania. Philly oh fans. wow. Thank well, you so much. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 76ers, Shrey, are actually not, except in the state of New York and Connecticut. 
Wow. The 76ers are the most hated team for that. And that has actually switched over to the Chicago Bulls now. For so the Bulls have gained a following. Um, so for Michigan and um, Iowa. Or no, sorry, Michigan and Wisconsin and New York are now the Chicago Bulls haters. That makes, oh, that's always Georgia sense. Yeah. and North Carolina hate the New York Knicks as of most recent. The Nets have significantly huh. gone down. It's basically oh, so, well, that makes sense because Atlanta and New York have that rivalry with the Trey Young yep, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, the Celtics, though, California, hates of course, the Celtics the most. Of course, of course. Alabama, for no good reason, can't think about it. Hates the Celtics, and so does Philly uh, and Maryland, too. So thank you, guys. Maine Mar- is Maryland. on. Weird. Maryland. So most okay. of New England hates the Lakers, except for Maine, which says that they hate the Nets more. And then we have Lakers okay. everywhere else, except for Utah, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, and Nevada. They all hate the Warriors the most. Of co- uh, Nice. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm glad to see the Warriors are getting some hate love. <laughs> and another popular trend that I've seen, which hasn't showed up on the Twitter results yet, but the Phoenix Suns are also gaining popularity as a hated team uh, because of their whining, complaining, oh, yeah, yeah. and Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, well, and I think it's I think it's honestly a little more, from what I've seen online, it's been a little more Devin Booker. And oh, people, yeah. and, and over the past couple of years, um, you've seen it with like the off-season videos and stuff of him saying, you know, I, why are we, we really doubling your pickup? <laughs> exactly. So that. I mean, um, my, my favorite comparison, he compares himself to Kobe and Kobe's like, yeah, you can double team me. Send one yeah. more. Exactly. Send one more. <laughs> and then and then remember when uh, Sons and Four guy was like trying oh, to make merch with, and yeah. stuff. And like people were like, dude, get off my screen. You had your 15 seconds of fame. Um, so like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think a bunch yep. of that, a bunch of that stuff is making sense with me. I don't know. People I feel like people do hate Chris Paul, but it's more of like they hate him as a basketball player than they do. than They do like a person. No, like, he's still both. Kind of weasley, at least but- in Phoenix people hate chris paul he's on our team and people hate chris paul i cannot tell you how many times at the bar i've heard f chris paul oh wow people do not like Chris. interesting interesting and it's like (laughs) it's like is it is it because he's like get is like getting old or something and we you guys still have him like i don't know they uh you know it's a sentiment of like he's old and washed yeah yeah, yeah. like wow i hated him when he was on the clippers because he's a complainer yeah, There's yeah, a sentiment yeah. of I they just people just don't like him. Mm. Makes They're sense. like, oh, he, he's a little. He, I mean, he's not a dirty player, but he's he has been in the past. In I feel like he in the past he's made he's had some dirty plays before. Um, he has punched Rondo, so yeah, punched Rondo. <laughs> um, but he's like he's like always like felt like a little bit basketball elitist as he got better and better into his career. Right, he, he felt like obviously he got a little bit less and less like humble to the fact that like, but if it happens as a superstar, I think at this point, I don't really hate Chris Paul. Like, I think he, I don't know if the Suns should be continue to like build with him in mind. Yeah, I would because I just don't know he how keeps long messing it's up like last. points parlays. Yeah, hate this guy. <laughs> like Chris Paul, I need you to get six points and you get four. God. <laughs> so uh, i just I, I don't know i don't know but i get it i get it i feel like for the past stuff if you can't get over the past stuff you still hate him so it may, it does make a little bit sense so there it is but no team compares to the los angeles lakers ah uh, nah 
I knew just it. everywhere. <laughs> it's also too. I just you know, hey, Lakers fans, love you guys. Uh, much like Raiders fans, very obnoxious, and that's why I agree with your sentiment about Philly. Philly fans, obnoxious, and you know, I don't think Boston fans. I think we're pretty close, but we're not as bad. And I think there was, I think there's less of a gray line between gray, gray space, gray line. Gray area, gray area. That's the word. There's less of a gray area between. <laughs> I was trying to find what kind gray of gray dimension. Yeah, what what kind of realm were we talking about with gray? Um, there's less of a gray area between people that uh, hate and love the Lakers, right? There's no one that says I'm really indifferent about the Lakers. You usually <laughs> really either like, oh yeah, I'm a fan of LeBron, so I love the Lakers, or I hate LeBron and I don't like the Lakers, uh, or I'm, you know, I'm just they're a part of the rivalry that we're a part of. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no real, I don't know. I don't really care about the Lakers. Like, yeah, they're not no the different. Yeah, the Lakers are okay. No, you're, you're either, <laughs> fine. you're either F the Lakers or like Randy Newman. I love LA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, Shrey. I need from you, your fantasy picks this week. Say I'm i I'm an averaging fantasy owner. Say I'm seven and seven or two and 12. Yeah. Um, oh. What would I What would I be doing this week to uh, improve my odds? So uh, it's funny you say that because uh, I don't know if any of my picks will really help you. If you're kind of If you're kind of If you're seven and seven, I think they would. But if you're two and whatever, two and twelve, two and twelve, I think we're missing the playoffs. I think year. yeah. I think I think you probably just kind of take what you can get at this point. But if you're really hunting, I got some for you. Um, the first one I got is if you're really good right now. I want you to pick up Mark Williams. He's a center for the the Charlotte Hornets. Um, he's the backup right now to Plumlee, and he's getting around 15 to 20 minutes every night and producing in those minutes. He's getting you blocks and steals, or in the fantasy community we like to call stocks. He's getting you a bunch of stocks. Um, and so I feel like he's going to be a good guy to uh, to get, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline seeing what they do with Mason Plumley, The second person I have is DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright is a point guard, and he's also categorized as a power forward in ESPN leagues. I don't know. Uh, I think he also has some sort of uh, interesting combination on Yahoo leagues as well. I didn't really get to check that. But um, the eligibility is cool and definitely helpful. But he's also producing, Max. Uh, he's the backup guard in Washington, and it seems like even though Beal is back, he's still producing. He's a pure steals guy. If you're really looking to get elite steals on the season, he's your guy. But he's also able to get you some assists, and he's able to score between 7 and 10 points a game. Um, he's a really good back-end guy for 12, 14-team leagues. Um, and see what they do with Monte Morris. If Monte Morris seems like it's not going to be a fit and they trade him, he might end up taking that starting point guard role after mm -hmm. the trade deadline. My last player will be Cameron Johnson. Cam Johnson. He's back. He's in Phoenix. He's their starting small, small, uh, small forward. Small forward. <laughs> He's their starting small forward. Shrey, why are you taking my picks? And <laughs> yeah, let me, uh, I'm going to keep them. Around. All my, I, I'll, all I hold up. I'm going to let you finish. No, no, but... no, 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 no. All my picks. Um, uh, He's going to get you elite threes uh, and he's going to score the ball, especially while Booker is out. So I think he's going to be really good for the short term, especially if you're in the hunt and uh, you definitely want to keep him because if he can get his efficiency back and his minutes back up, 
he's going to get the defense up there too. So he's going to be a good guy, hopefully, as long as he stays healthy for the rest of the season. Man, well, yeah, that was my first pick. It's Cam Johnson. Everything that you said, um, yeah. he's going to get minutes. He's a great player. Uh, he's going to get you a lot of threes. Yeah. Um, and he'll get you a good amount of rebounds too, depending on what those lineups are. You know, he's mm-hmm. a big, he's a big body. Um, you, yeah, I mean, it's decent defensively. So yeah, Cam Johnson is a, is a must pick if he is available in your league. The Caruso, a man that has been in and hey. out of my lineups. Um, Alex Caruso, I'd say for like a short to midterm pick is going to be pretty solid. Um, again, depending on the roster, depending on the matchup, he's good. He's always going to be good defensively. Look, at least for a couple steals a night, couple points. Not really extended minutes, but again, if you just need somebody to kind of like help fill your matchups for the week, Caruso is always a solid bet. He's pretty efficient. And then my deep, deep cut, Jericho Sims. Okay. New York Knicks because Mitchell Robinson is out currently. And Isaiah Hartenstein, Steinstein, whatever it is, (laughs) the big boy has fallen out of favor with Tommy Tibbs. And we know how particular Tommy Tibbs can be. And so look for Jericho Sims. To be taking that center spot while M Rob is out. So there you go. Good picks. All right, Shrey. So bring us home. Tell us this. You told me about this before the podcast. Was unaware, but I think this is hilarious. So if you are a fan of terrible management and you like to see them get what's coming to them, you're gonna love this. Right, Max. So uh, this happened last weekend, and this is specifically we we try to we try to talk about all teams. Um, but we, but people, the people know we're, we're Boston, uh, true and true. We're, we're Boston biased. We're Boston <laughs> biased. So when things happen that are kind of, uh, you know, wor- world sports news, sports news all over, but they come from Boston and they come from new England. Uh, we got to bring it up on the podcast nowadays. This is the Boston Red Sox. We know we've talked about them as just a team that, is filled with incompetency. It feels like that's a theme around 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 Boston. Incompetency. Yeah. A very good theme. Incompetence? Incompetence. It's just it's I just think, no, it's, I think you're right. I think incompetency. Well yeah. Depends on the user of the way. Okay, yeah. We're, we're not gonna go <laughs> I'll bring out the dictionary later. They but, are bad, bad men. <laughs> they don't just, do the job well. They don't do not do the jobs well. And the Red Sox recently over the weekend had their Winter weekend, which is for their fans, they they held it in Springfield, Massachusetts, um, and it's like uh it's like a fest festivity a, a themed event. It's uh, it's kind of like it's like yeah it's like Christmas for Red Sox fans. Like you can sit on Heim Bloom's lap, <laughs> you can kiss the mobile statue of Big Poppy. It's for good luck. <laughs> <laughs> You get to uh, you get to Xander Xander Bogarts gets to throw you a few uh, softballs, but he uh, well he's not going to be here this year. <laughs> Mister Bloom, I really want a good baseball team for Christmas. Can I get a new Santa? <laughs> it's fine. It's oh fun for god. the whole. It's fun for the whole family. You know. Oh my god! So you guys yes. can make it out of Springfield. Yeah, Please exactly. Try. And you, I, I wish I was there, knowing what happened, but. He uh, so the Red Sox had their, their they called it winter weekend. Apparently they have it every year. Uh, I feel like I've never heard about it because nothing interesting has happened to them. But of course, we hear about this one. Uh, they haven't had it since the start of the pandemic. So it was the first week coming out uh, first winter weekend coming out of it. And they hold a town hall at these events, Max, with 
people, people from the front office, right? In the past, it was, you know, the owners and Dave Dombrowski, the, uh, the general manager and Sam Kennedy, the team president. And, uh, there's someone hosting and asking questions and, you know, fans can come up to the mics and ask questions and whatnot. (laughs) When the, when the Red Sox front office walk out on the stage one by one, the owner, the main, the principal owner, John Henry gets booed so loud. He gets booed, 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 booed by, by these are Red Sox fans. that came out to, to, to do Red Sox events. Is this, is this a, is this a free event? I don't know if it's a free event. Okay. Um, okay. So exactly. So they paid money to boo. So they could. Yeah. They paid. If there was. If there was paid stuff. That yes, you paid money to boo. So you paid. You paid money to boo. John Henry and especially Heim Bloom, the general manager, when he came out, uh, just to sh- they showed their their true their true emotions, how they felt about a lot of these. Um, moves that they made over the past couple of years that they were bottling in, right? They didn't have this event for the past two years. And so during that time, you lost Betts, you lost Bogarts, uh, you lost Renfro, you lost uh, Schwarber, right? You lost uh, Chris Sale got hurt multiple times. You had so many, so many things happen. And so I uh, thought Trevor it was stories out. Yeah. Trevor stories out. Yeah. I thought it was phenomenal for, for Red Sox fans to go out and boo the team and really show that this is how the greater New England area feels about you specifically. You did this. This is your fault, Red Sox uh, front office and ownership. I thought it was phenomenal. There's specific things that uh, the owner said, John Henry. They asked him a question at the town hall saying, you know, uh, what do you feel about the rising ticket prices? And, you know, your ticket prices are some of the highest in the league, if not the highest in MLB uh, and some of the highest in sports. Yeah. It's, they not asked, cheap. it's not cheap. If you want a good seat. Cause I can, I can go to a diamondbacks game and get like great seats. Yeah. Shoot. If I get them on game time, like maybe 30 bucks. Like, yeah. Like affordable. Like I, that's a good night. And you know, I can spend my money like on the things at the game, you know, get a Jersey, get my hot dogs, get my Chick-fil-A versus if I go to Fenway, I'm for decent mid tier seats. I'm dropping like 120, 150. Yeah, and and there is a difference, Max. Obviously, the Diamondbacks are horrendous. So obviously, the the <laughs> right market awful. price. I get it, market so, price, but still. But what I'm what I'm saying is, if you're gonna pay, you should at least see results, right? You should be paying for good for a good product. When you're going to the Diamondbacks game, you're getting into a baseball game that you probably know what's going to happen, but at least you're going there. So the, the seats kind of reflect that. Like, it's just like a thing to do. It's like going bowling or something. Like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the Diamondbacks <laughs> is like bowling. You're like, well, bowl- I'm kind of having fun. It's something to do. <laughs> what, you're going you're gonna to see a lot of strikes either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not loving it, but like, it's not bad. <laughs> exactly. So. When they asked John Henry the question about rising ticket prices, his response was, was, and I'm paraphrasing, we need to be able to pay the players, so that's why we have r- higher ticket prices. And everybody booed him. Everybody booed him at that, at that time because it was so tone deaf considering how the team is structured currently, right? When he talks about, oh, we got to pay players – why didn't you why, why, think why about that? Why pay Xander Bogarts? Xander you Bogarts. Why didn't you loon. think about 
Why didn't you think about that with Mookie Betts? Why did it take you so long with Rafael Devers? You waited until basically you had no team and you were forced into a corner to sign this guy. Otherwise, you literally would not get any return on this team this year. You would not have any tickets sold out if Rafael Devers left this team. So you did one thing, but it was basically because you were backed into a corner. And then you you decided to to underball people like Nate Ivaldi and um uh, the the guy that went to um, Jose Abreu, who went to uh, the Houston Astros, right? Like they wanted him, and they didn't give him a fair contract or what he what he was gonna get. So it's just like it happens over and over and over again. You didn't want to pay Schwarber, so for for him to make a comment about oh we need to pay players, that's why we have high ticket prices, is so tone deaf, and it doesn't show anything about what the Red Sox fans actually feel, and that's why that's why these. That's why these people don't do events. They make their money and they get out. And also, too, if we look at any corrupt organization or any major sports teams, where is there a big chunk of millions of dollars going that is not reflected to the fans in any way? Management, salary, and bonuses. Mm -hmm. You think these guys are going to take their pay cut? They'll be like, oh, we really got to get fans in seats and that'll pay us off in the long run. No, they're taking their checks and those checks are getting bigger every year. I promise you. I'm not I'm not putting on my tinfoil hat or anything. It's just how these organizations are run. These guys yeah. are the big shots that make a lot of the money and they pay themselves well. But instead of that, they're gonna be like, no, the players need to get paid, which yeah, those guys get big contracts. That's not no, it's not why you have to increase seat prices. Sorry, dude. Exactly. There's so many things that go into it, and it feels like they're kind of hearing it too, because they're not getting all the TV or uh, advertising deals that they want currently. No one really want like people are kind of hesitant to to companies are kind of hesitant to buy in on this team currently constructed. <laughs> so uh, not good. <laughs> it, it makes sense, right? So they're not getting that. They're not getting. Obviously, this was a really down year for Red Sox attendance. Like it felt like there was just no one going to games, um, even outside of the pandemic. Which is that's another thing. So it feels like they're kind of hurt, getting hurt on the bottom line, but they're trying to defend themselves. They're trying to have like that shield of like, no, we're totally fine. And we have all the players that we've wanted. And you just decided that like, like booing is not the answer. We're the ones that are trying to help you. Like, like they're trying to try, they're trying to get that. Like they're trying to like say things that they would like to hear, but they're not getting. And, and it's, it's really towards Henry and bloom bloom got a comment and he made a comment about how they've made big bets over the years. And I put bets in air quotes because that's a pun on Mookie Betts leaving and uh, that they had to make that decision. And boo, <laughs> I'm going to boo him from this chair. Exactly. Boo. Boo, because boo. the return on that trade, Max, we can ultimately say now was one of the worst trades I've oh, ever seen in sports history history like i've seen and, and and there was a herschel walker trade that gave hall of famers to the, the the cowboys this was bad you got literal minor league players that could never make it and you got alex verdugo who's a mediocre player at best in the outfield so it's just horrible and you you gave away an mvp contract you gave him an mvp you let him go and then with xander bogarts you let him go too so these guys should be hearing it from every every time they poke their heads out of their windows. They should be getting tomatoes thrown at them until they figure out that we do not like them. We don't like them. Yeah. Do something with them. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Power to the people. An uprising. <laughs> 1984 called. They want their Red Sox back. <laughs> All right. 
Let him know. Let us shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, right. I. That's um. I'm literally I'm booing them from this chair. Oh, it's so I, aggravating. You know, and I love it. I, I'm 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 less passionate. Not that I'm not passionate, but I'm less passionate about the Red Sox than you, and that is frustrating to me. So yeah, it's just it's, deep breaths. We'll get through this. <laughs> <laughs> oh brother. Oh man. All right, folks. Well, thank you for stopping by and uh, listening to another episode of Amateur Hour. Um, it's been a blast, and we appreciate you. This has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Trace. Stray Doggy Dog. We will see you next time. Peace. <laughs>